Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Thank you for joining TFL Talking Trucks podcast. If you love pickup trucks or big full-size SUVs, if you love trailering, towing, and going off-road, this is the right place to be. Together, we can make this podcast the most popular ever. Guys, welcome to the 2020 Gold Hitch and Gold Winch Awards. This is a culmination of 12 months of work of us testing trucks, and we're doing it virtually this year, and we're going to, at the end of this video, tell you the best off-road trucks and the best towing trucks in the land and we have four categories but we also have five judges so um, i'm andre with mr mr truck are you <laughs> yeah i'm mr truck yeah this is the biggest gold hitch award i can remember it's got most trucks you gosh what is it 12 trucks or more a lot of them heck yeah and we have nathan hey guys i'm not like mr truck or andre i actually have a, an opinion that you guys will agree with <laughs> And we have Steven from our Canadian Bureau Chief. Hey everybody, hope you're doing good. And I guess I'm uh, here representing Canada in these deliberations. So I'll try to carry the country on my shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> and, and of course, Roman. Hey, Mr. Toe, thanks for uh, inviting me along on this fun ride. <laughs> Did you call me Mr. Toe? <laughs> I thought about calling you Mr. Trailering, but Mr. Toe just sounds better. Okay, so uh, in this um, award ceremony, and deliberations and voting. We have four categories. So we're gonna lay it out like this. We have the best mid-size off-road truck. That's the first category. We second category is the best half-ton full-size diesel truck because now we have three of them: GM, Ford, and Ram. Then we have the best heavy-duty off-road truck category, and a lot of excitement there in that segment as well. And finally, the big boys. The big diesel dualies for 2020, um, including towing 30,000 pounds. So the best diesel towing truck. Nice. Should we show them what they're playing for, Andre? I've got the uh, award right here, and I will hold it up to the camera. Uh, this year we've gone, uh, you know, all America. Nice. Uh, because these are awards that are for mainly American trucks that you can buy here in America. As much as we like other trucks, such as, um, well, you can think of all the other trucks you can get in, in the rest of the world. We don't get them, so these are trucks that, uh, well, you can tow with or go off-road with here. And when I say America, I also mean North America, Stephen. Nothing I appreciate that. against <laughs> our Canadian neighbors. <laughs> yeah, a lot of these are made in Mexico. We got the whole continent. There you go. And, of course, um, American Eagle, uh, belt buckles, and we have, uh, but this year we've gone all virtual. So we are doing social distancing and uh, we're voting in our home offices and bunkers. And of course the award, you know, when the manufacturer wins an award, it's gonna be that eagle with a belt buckle, which is a virtual thing. But let's kick it off with the mid-size truck, shall we? 
Yeah. Before we, do that, before we do that, Andre, why don't we? Why don't you just tell us a little bit, and you as well, Stephen? What kind of testing these this this uh, kind of deliberations are based on? What do we do to get to this point? Sure. Well, I mean, I, I can take the reins on the midsize off-roaders anyway. I mean, me personally, I've tested the whole group of midsize off-roaders on my off-road trails here. A little different than what you guys have in Colorado. I mean, I have that deep mud up on the hydro line. Um, so I've run them all through there all in the past, you know, 12 months, so all in the past year. So I got a really good sense for how they handle, especially in the deep mud um, and just off-road in all kinds of different conditions. And then I know you guys have had them in Colorado too, right, Andre? Yeah, and we've tested off-road trucks also. Uh, we usually do a, separate, a couple of other things, not just um, the fun, really fun stuff like taking them on an off-road trail in the middle of the Rocky Mountains, but also we do like RTI ramps, so testing the flex on the trucks. We do the slowest drag race in the world where we test the crawl ratios. And of course, for towing, we have the Ike Gauntlet World's Toughest Towing Test. This is over 11,000 feet above sea level. We tow near maximum capacities that these trucks can handle. And if the trucks can uh, perform well on that test, they can do well anywhere. All right, let's rock it out, Andre. Go for it. Yeah, so let's kick it off with the midsize uh, category. So the best midsize off-road truck. And here combined, we have a lot of experience with, with most of these trucks and all of these trucks were tested, like we said. So I'll just introduce the trucks. And then Steven, uh, I need your help and all, all you guys, I need your help to kind of um, uh, uh, talk about how they performed and also yeah. we're gonna vote on the best. Yeah. So in this segment, we have all of the updated trucks for 2020 and let me go down the list. So we have the 2020 Honda Ridgeline because it has a new transmission and all-wheel drive system. We have the 2020 Nissan Frontier with a new engine and transmission. We have the ongoing um, Chevy Colorado ZR2 and also the ZR2 Bison edition, the special edition of the ZR2 truck. We also have the Ford Ranger FX4. Uh, this is their off-road version of their midsize. We have the 2020 Toyota Tacoma TRD Pro, which had a few updates for this year as well. And of course, the new truck 2020 Jeep Gladiator Rubicon edition. So Steven, can you talk a little bit more about our off-road index and how we can uh, score these trucks on paper? Yeah, so let me jump in. So we do what's called the TFL-ORI, the off-road index. Uh, we really try to break down how these trucks match up just on paper, looking at the specs to give you guys a sense for which one will be best off-road. Um, so you know what, why don't we, I'll go through the numbers too and we'll start at the bottom. We can talk about each truck. Uh, this probably won't come as a surprise to any of you guys here, but the worst midsizer on the ORI is the Honda Ridgeline. I mean, there's no transfer case there. Uh, it only has, um, you know, all-wheel drive. It's not true four-wheel drive, no lockers. The Ridgeline's great, but it's not an off-roader. I think we can all agree, right? Right. It's got the biggest cab, and it's so cool. Oh, like I said, it's great. I'm not fighting against it, but don't take it off-road. <laughs> Is it really a truck? That's the question. So then moving up to the next one, and that's for a whole different video, Kent. Uh, moving wow. up to the next truck, we have the Nissan Frontier Pro 4X. And actually, you guys will see all the rest of the scores on the ORI. They're a lot tighter together because the rest of these trucks really are pretty closely matched. Uh, so the Pro 4X is next up. It gets a 71 on the ORI. Um, what really lets the Pro 4X down is some of the angles. The ground clearance isn't over 9 inches. It's not massive. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's okay, but it's not way up there. I know you've been in the 2020 lately, Andre. Yeah, and it's, this is 71 out of 100. All of these are 100. 
Correct. Thank you. Yes, out of 100. Exactly. Um, so that's 71. Moving up now, we get to the Colorado ZR2, which scores a 76. And interestingly, the ZR2 actually ties with the Ford Ranger FX4. Both of these trucks score a 76. And you know what? You might think that the ZR2 is sort of a step above in terms of off-roading, but on the ORI, things are evened out by ground clearance. And again, the ZR2 only has 8.9 inches of ground clearance. So it's just, it doesn't have massive clearance, which on our scale means that it loses points. Um, so yeah, 76 for the ZR2 and the Ranger. And then we get up to the Tacoma TRD Pro. Now the Tacoma takes a big jump up to 86 out of 100 points. And again, it's all about clearances, guys. You know this, the Tacoma, huge ground clearance, great generous angles, um, you know, a locking differential in the rear. The, the Taco's got all the right toys to, to go off-road for sure. And then uh, finally, we get to the top dog on the ORI, and that is the Jeep Gladiator Rubicon. I mean, this thing is so dedicated to off-roading. You're getting lockers in the front and in the rear. You're getting those massive tires. Uh, the Rubicon scores a 91 out of 100. So it, it really couldn't have done too much more to get more points on the ORI. So then, um, Roman, Nathan, and Mr. Truck, um, can you kind of weigh in on this? What are some of your experiences? I, we know the numbers now. Thank you, Stephen. But, yeah. but what are some of your experiences with these mid-sized trucks, and how do you, you know, how do you guys test and judge them? Um, I can start if you want. Yeah. Okay. Um, so with the Chevy Colorado, even though it tied with the Ford in terms of certain measurements, the Colorado does have the ZR2 and the Bison a locking front diff, which is really important. It also is the only truck available in this category currently with a diesel option, and that diesel gives you a lot of low-end torque, which is great for off-roading, but it's a little bit heavier, so I want to throw that out there. Uh, the Toyota Tacoma, they still have the same tires on there, and I think we can all agree that tires are the one thing that really sets that Tacoma lower. It needs yeah. better off-road tires. Yeah. Um, the Nissan, I mean, other than the fact that it has more power now, it's still the same truck. I think that we all need to look at the fact that a new truck is coming with a new frame and new body and everything else and that should change the score for that one in the future um, and the Jeep Gladiator as great as it is and as awesome as it is it's heavy and it is long and those are two things that off-road are not so great Roman yeah you know we've taken um, a bunch of trucks up the ironclads recently uh, and until actually uh, very recently, the uh, Gladiator was actually the only one that made it up over the Razor Rocks. Um, and that was just because it actually had the locking front diff so that it was able to not just push, but also pull its way over uh, the top. But I agree, Nathan, uh, the truck is long and the breakover suffers. Uh, but having said that, it's also, you know, clad in so much underbody protection that even on the Razor Rocks, you don't really care. Because we did the same thing with the Mojave in a recent video, and that one without the front locker wasn't able to make it over the Razor Rocks. It just stood there and scraped and scraped and scraped. Um, uh, yeah, so, you know, in my mind, um, if you're just looking at the scores and if you're looking at, like, the two most off-road worthy trucks, if that's what you're going for. It's got to be between the Gladiator uh, and the Bison because that's, you know, the highest version of the Colorado. It's got the most protection, and they both – are pretty equal in terms of, you know, the off-road goodies they offer. And Mr. Truck, you usually uh, go chase coyotes with your trucks, right? Well, of course. What else is there to do out here in the prairie and during the virus? Yeah, the, I was disappointed in a Colorado, the, the ZR2, you know, 
time with the Ranger, I really thought it'd be closer to the Rubicon or the Rave, the Gladiator, because it's an off-road truck. It's made for off-road. I was really disappointed that the uh, the ORI was that low on it. That surprised me. But uh, you know, the looks like remember the Ranger got a little better fuel mileage and it was a little faster than the rest of the group. But the Gladiator impressed me on towing. You know, we towed that uh, horse trailer, that CM horse trailer, and it did very well going down the interstate. It towed it fine. It didn't get the great fuel mileage because you know it's kind of tough on that at maximum. We were at maximum capacity on it, so that was a little upsetting. And at Tacoma, did pretty well. I was surprised, you know, that uh, the ECT, I, you know, I keep thinking it needs a tow mode, but the ECT did really well going uphill and downhill, controlling the speed. We didn't have that many brake applications. So, you know, that surprised me. So that's, you know, and I think the, the Ranger had the highest towing capacity at 7,500, no matter what model you get, which is uh, is good. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a very tight, tight group. And, you know, of course, someday the Frontier will be new again, maybe have some more options on it. So we're waiting for that. Hopefully, you see that in the next 10, 20 years. Yeah, and uh, Mr. Truck, you bring up an important point. Um, this category is an off-road category, and all these trucks are equipped with the most uh, equipment from the factory for off-roading. But we do a, a wider range of testing. Um, Steven does you know, fuel efficiency testing, towing testing, even with these off-road trucks. Uh, same here, same in um, Colorado. We also do our uh, towing tests with these trucks. And the truck has to be a kind of a holistic approach, right? So not only is it really great off-roading, but it also can work as a truck uh, to some extent if it needs to. Um, so should we, guys, should we vote here? Yeah, first yeah, good. yeah cut to the chase. That's good voting. Let's All right, it. let's vote. So uh, get out your pieces of paper. This is very high tech. <laughs> and. Um, uh, I guess if you write down your number one choice, and, and then we'll figure this out. Yeah, that overall approach you're talking about is very important because you got to get the wife to sign off on that payment. So you got to have something you can drive to work, take the family, and go play in the mountains with it. So yeah. Okay. So should we do it? Yeah. Why don't you just go through and ask people, Andre, what you know their number one choice is, and see, and you tally it up, and then let us know you know which one comes up on top. Well, let's go in the clockwise order in my window, I guess. So, Nathan, do you, do you want to go first in this one? Yeah, I don't know if you can see that, but that says the Jeep Gladiator. Even though I really do prefer a lot of what the Chevy has, the Gladiator is almost unstoppable off-road. If it wasn't for that long wheelbase, it would be absolutely incredible. But still, it's, it, it is formidable. All right, Stephen? So, I mean, Nathan is like living in my brain or something. Uh, I'm, I'm a Jeep Gladiator Rubicon 2, and I really did want to pick the ZR2. I love the ZR2. The Gladiator, though, feels like it is built for off-roading. The ZR2, the TRD Pro, they feel like packages on midsizers. The Gladiator feels like it was built to do that. So, yeah, Gladiator Rubicon. Uh, Roman. Yeah, same thing. Gladiator, it's uh, by far uh, the most, like Steve and Nathan said, uh, off-road focused. It's built basically on a Wrangler uh, platform to some extent. I know that the guys at SC will disagree, but it's, you know, it's, it's it, short, short story is a Wrangler with a bed. How can you beat that off-road? Yep. Mr. Truck. I spell Gladiator right? I don't know. There you are. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's. I'm surprised by the Gladiator. I wish it, the only thing I don't like about it, other than being expensive, is I wish it looked different. I like the old Gladiator grill and stuff. It looks so much like the Wrangler. I wish they would have separated, but that's my biggest gripe. But I like it. I was impressed by it. 
and I wrote down my choice, uh, which was Jeep. It's unanimous. Uh, well, so there you go, Jeep. congratulations to Jeep and the Gladiator for uh, winning uh, the off-road midsize truck of the year at uh, the Gold Hitch Awards. Really, this is the Gold Winch Awards, right, Andre? So congratulations, yep. guys. Woo. So all I can say is, you okay, Andre? <laughs> yes, I'm okay. Uh, I think what sealed the deal for me for the Jeep is actually, you know, it has a couple of shortcomings, right? It's it's really, it's one of the most expensive trucks in the segment, if, if the most expensive. Um, and the length of it is quite long, but but you can take the top off. You can go adventurous, you know, you can take the doors off. I mean, that's just, it's just huge. So let's move on to the next category, which is a little bit more focused on work um, and efficiency and value. Um, so this is the second category is the best half-ton truck with a diesel engine because we have a lot of competition in the segment now for 2020. Finally. And we have three competitors, really. Um, uh, it's the 2020 uh, Ram 1500 with the EcoDiesel 3 liter. It is the uh, Ford F-150 with a 3 liter V6 once again. And this model actually we tested last year, or actually a little bit uh, uh, further back. Um, and of course, the new 2020 Chevrolet Silverado 1500 with a three liter straight six. And guys, we've, we've done several tests with these. So we're basing it not just on our opinions and you know data sheets, but we've taken all these trucks on the iGauntlet like I said, world stuff is towing test with a trailer weight anywhere between about 7,600 pounds to about 8,700 pounds. So these are very heavy trailers. We've taken them on our MPG loops. Uh, this is a highway loop, flat highway. We measure also the empty truck uh, fuel efficiency and also towing with the trailer and acceleration. We, we tested them on speed as well. So what were the results, Andre? What did we get? So um, I, have, I have all my notes here. So let me bore you with some numbers. No, no. So, so the, the Ford F-150, the Power Stroke, um, currently, uh, it came out actually a couple of years ago. So it was on the market when actually there was no half-ton diesel on the market because Ram was going through uh, their scandal with emissions back then a couple of years ago. And on the iGauntlet, it performed really well. The Ford did seven brake applications, nine minutes and 49, I'm sorry, nine minutes and 49 seconds on the way up and 5.3 miles per gallon. With a trailer on our MPG loop, it got 11.6 miles per gallon. And unladen, it was at 24.4 miles per gallon, but this was a Lariat four by four. So it actually was a truck that was a little bit heavier, a little bit bigger. Uh, then, on the Silverado diesel, and this is a straight six, it's a, it's a different engine orientation. It's a straight six engine orientation is what semi-truckers use. Um, on the Ike, it was quicker. It was towing a little bit less because it was maxed out when we, when we used it. Uh, about 7,600 pounds of trailer, um, eight brake applications, so a little bit worse than the Ford on the way down, but much faster, eight minutes and nine seconds and a little bit more efficient at 5.7 MPG. 
with a with a trailer on our highway loop, it did 12 miles per gallon, so a little bit better than the Ford, and 34 miles per gallon empty, unladen. 34, 34. Wow. Uh, and then finally, the Ram 1500, really quick. On the way down, it was the best performer on the mountain run. I gauntlet four brake applications uh, with a fairly heavy trailer. On the way up, it was a little slower than GM, eight minutes, 43 seconds, uh, 5.4 MPG, which is kind of in the middle between GM and Ford. And on the highway loop, uh, efficiency, 11 MPG with a trailer and 33, 33 MPG with the um, um, uh, unladen truck, so an empty truck. So guys, um, uh, Mr. Chuck, let's start with you. Just kind of talk about this segment a little bit more and some of your um, uh, reasoning for, for these trucks. Well, it's nice to finally have the diesel half tons. We waited forever for these rascals. And I'm kind of disappointed in the Ford. You know, I came out a couple of years ago, whatever it was, and actually that's the last time we got to drive them was a little while back. But uh, yeah, that, that's got, you thought that'd be some special MPG and it's like the lowest of the class. So that's kind of been a change. But the Silverado has been the highlight. I mean, it's been a, the race car. It's the fastest one. It gets the best fuel mileage. The only thing I don't like about it is their exhaust brake doesn't do anything. I mean, we, it's only one in the class with an exhaust brake. But when we compared it to the Ram, they both came downhill about the same. And the Ram had an 8-speed. And this is a 10-speed with exhaust brake. So I don't know. I don't understand that. It didn't make any sense to me. I hope they get something figured out with that. Maybe it'll work better with a cruise control on or something else. I don't know. But, yeah, and that's, as I recall, uh, the, 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 C, the GMC, the Sierra Diesel, had, like, unbelievable fuel mileage with a trailer. You might want to correct me if I'm wrong on that, Andre, but that's the way I remember it. It was way above the rest of them with the trailer. Yeah, so we, we also tested the GMC off-road truck, 84 with a diesel, and with a smaller trailer, it was incredible. It was about 18 MPG. Yeah. Um, we didn't have a comparable test there. So, but it, it's really strong. Yeah, so that does a lot. And, you know, the, the, the Ram came out back and back again from being in trouble with the EPA. So that engine has been around the longest. They have improved it, made some upgrades to it, you know, on the eight-speed automatic and all that. So it's, uh, it's, it's very competitive. I think Ford has just fallen asleep. I don't know. I mean, I can't even see them on the lots anymore. I don't know what's going on there. But I hope that they, they pick up the pace because we waited so long for that truck, too. And then, you know, we, and they, they, they changed some of the shift patterns on for a while. They used to double shift going downhill, great shifting, and then they changed that to the spacing part. You know, we had some problems with that earlier with the prototype we had, but they fixed all that. So I don't know, you know, it's, uh, I, I'm really getting, the, getting a kick out of this Silverado with that diesel. And inline six, maybe they're going to start a, a trend there because, you know, they got the Cummins inline six and the big boys. And now if, you know, if GM starts thinking that that inline six is a way to go, you might see the Duramax turn into that. I don't know, because the Zuzu's made a lot of those inline fours, inline sixes. So it's hard to tell what's going to happen. But, uh, you know, these guys, they've got to pick up the pace. The electric trucks are going to take over. What We waited so ever for long for the darn diesel half tons. And now they came out so late that, you know, they may lose the whole thing. If they don't really pick up the pace and get some outstanding fuel mileage, and Silverado's not doing bad. They're actually to the point where they're – they're a viable engine for that class. I just hope that everybody else picks up the pace. But yeah, and in towing, they you know not doing not doing bad at all towing. I mean, they're they're really an option now for towing trailers. I think the Ford was one of the slowest ones with the trailer. But uh, yeah, it's it's an exciting class. I just hope it doesn't go away because of the electric trucks coming. All right, Roman. 
Uh, you know, um, I mean, this is a pretty easy one in my book because uh, the Ford, let's face it, the Ford uh, diesel has been around a long time. It's not, a, it's not something that they did from ground up, right? It's basically the same engine that they build in the UK that they put in the Land Rover product. Uh, and uh, it, the technology there is not, uh, I would say, the latest. Um, and so, you know, I, I kind of almost forgot about that truck. It, it just hasn't done really well in the marketplace. Uh, it's crazy expensive. What is it like $4,000 option, right? It's a lot of money for the, for the diesel in the Ford. Um, and Ford offers so many other engine choices uh, that uh, it, it was like, I, I almost felt like Ford thought that they needed to uh, compete in that class because Ram did so well with their eco diesel. Uh, but I never had a sense of that they were like all in on that on that engine. So th that one I took off my list pretty pretty quickly. I gotcha, uh, Stephen. What are your your thoughts? So actually, I just had an experience with the Ram Rebel with the new Eco Diesel. And I, at first, I want to say you know full points to Ram for creating this segment for bringing the Eco Diesel in when they did, and and you know holding on to it for so long. So good for them for you know really holding out. Everyone finally followed suit. However, you know we all know they went through their issues with the EPA, and sort of my my seat of the pants uh, ometer said that that new diesel just doesn't have the punch that the first gen did. Now that doesn't make sense because the numbers are up. But I just know that they did some tuning there. And I don't know, to me, it just doesn't feel the same as it used to. Whereas that new Duramax, it just feels so good. It feels like what the new Eco Diesel should have been. Uh, and then, you know, you've already said it. I'll just pair it back to Ford. Feels like an afterthought. It feels like they said, we have the parts, we have the truck. Let's stick them together, throw it out there, see what happens. doesn't feel like they really, really invested a lot of time into that diesel package. Uh, Nathan? Well, you know, as Mr. Toe said, and Mr. Truck, and Mr. Hare, and, you know, Mr. Adorable, Stephen, you know, all you guys, I think, would agree that in terms of drivability, and that's what I'm all about, in terms of just the daily driving truck that you can do a lot with, I can't possibly see another truck that is able to compete with General Motors right now. Ford is lagging behind. I think that in terms of comfort and, you know, acceleration and gas mileage and everything else, if you really look at the numbers and then you look at how it is to drive the truck, I mean, someone's done their homework. And even though we do have something new, sort of, kind of, from FCA, I totally agree with Stephen. It doesn't feel like it's got that punch that it used to have. Obviously, it had to dial back for certain reasons. Ford never really had that punch. Yeah, I think we all know where we're going with the voting on this one. Yeah, and I have to also add that the straight six, uh, you know, setup, right, is one of the smoothest in the automotive world, right? So whether it's a BMW straight six or, in this case, a GM straight six diesel, it's just a really good way to design a power plant if you want smoothness. Yeah. Yeah, one, one quick note on price. Ford started off that first year where the XLT was a fleet only. Well, that's their volume model. Why would you do that? They finally brightened up and made it so that you can get the XLT. But the cool thing about that Silverado, amongst the other things, is it's the same price as a 6.2 gas. So, wow, that takes a lot of the problem out of the equation when you can buy it for the same price as that powerful V8 and you get all this fuel mileage. So, no, that's GM understands the pricing picture. I'm glad to see that. Yeah, and actually, so Ford, um, yes, so right now they're kind of down on power compared to the competition a little bit, you know, less on horsepower, a little bit less on torque. But uh, a, re a recent uh, leak about the upcoming F-150, the 2021, uh, there was a, this is unofficial, Ford hasn't announced it, but uh, that leaked information suggests that they're gonna keep the three liter diesel even through next year and next uh, iteration generation of the truck. 
although that power rating was not actually even leaked yet. So it seems like Ford is still serious. Um, you know, I think they're going to continue this game and offer a choice um, and maybe even boost their power. So this is going to be very interesting uh, next year when we test all the 2021s. So let's vote um, just uh, really quickly. Um, uh, we'll go down kind of in the opposite direction. So Mr. Truck, um, your choice for the best half-ton diesel. The baby Duramax. Oh, I've got a reverse mirror there. Yeah, the baby Duramax. Okay, GM, uh, Roman. Got to be the middle max, Andre. I'm calling it the middle max, not the baby Duramax. <laughs> because there is another baby. <laughs> Steven. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and put my vote in specifically for the GMC Sierra Duramax. I'll take the Sierra over the Silverado any day. <laughs> but it's got to be Duramax. Ooh, okay. Uh, Nathan. Uh, does it really matter? Can I just say General Motors or do I have to say Chevrolet? You could say General Motors. General Motors, yay! So um, I put down Chevy Silverado Duramax. And once again, unanimous. So Roman, can you show the uh, award? Make the sound, Andre. <laughs> so, so one note, Stephen, though, yeah. um, GMC rates their engine, the three liter, the same engine basically, a little bit less efficient than the Silverado. You did a video about this uh, even a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, so that's all to do with packaging, right? When they test fuel economy, they have to include certain things on those trucks that will be sold to the public, and the GMC has more features on it, so therefore it's a little bit heavier in general, and uh, they have to test it. So, you know, and in the real world, I'm not sure you're really going to see a big difference, uh, but yes, you're right, Andre. So going for the GMC, you might take a bit of a penalty. But you know what? It looks so much better than the Chevy that I'll still deal with that. And guys, I can't wait to drive that engine in, you know, their big... SUVs, right? Because yeah. it's going to the Escalade, the Tahoe, and the Suburban. And I think that's really where it's going to make a bigger impact maybe than even in their trucks. That's going to be exciting next year, guys. All right. I'm trying to do in big SUVs. All right. Let's switch gears. Uh, third um, out of four categories. The third category is the best heavy-duty off-road truck because there is a rejuvenated uh, kind of competition here um, for 2020. And there are three competitors. We have the 2020 GMC Sierra Heavy Duty AT4. It's their latest off-road edition. We have the new 2020 Ford Super Duty Tremor, which is a specific off-road package on this truck. And we have, of course, the 2020 Ram Power Wagon that's been there for several years. And we've given that truck uh, you know, a lot of uh, accolades in the past because it's been around for uh, many, many years. So, and, and this year specifically, we had a big competition uh, for these trucks because the Ford and GMC is actually adding new, uh, right, new equipment into this space. Um, and we took them all to Moab and, you know, took the trucks, you know, everywhere and also measured their, you know, tr suspension travel on the RTI ramp. So, um, so Stephen, do you want to kind of weigh in on this? Sure. I mean, yeah, I was on that trip to Moab bringing these three trucks. And I think I'll try to state the obvious. First of all, we all know the Power Wagon has been around forever. It kind of created this segment and it is still the most focused truck in this segment. Uh, I think, I mean, you just look at the fact that it has, you know, lockers and it has the, the disconnectable sway bar. And right there, you know, you know, Power Wagon's taking it real serious. Now, Tremor and AT4, they're both entering this segment 
a little bit softer, but they took a different approach, right? They're coming in with off-road equipment, but they can still tow a lot. The Power Wagon has a horrible tow rating, horrible payload rating. It gives up that stuff. Whereas Ford and GM are saying, hey, here's an off-road HD that will go off-road, be pretty good, but also can tow a heck of a lot. Um, and, and you know what? I think that Ford even went a little bit further than GM. The cool thing in the Tremor in my books is that front differential. It's not a locker, but it's that Torsen diff from the Raptor. So it's, you know, almost a locker if you kind of put it in the real world. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm super excited to see this segment filling up with trucks. That's for sure. Nathan, what are some of your thoughts on this? I'm right there with Steve. And you know, obviously, you know, I'm the power wagon guy. I fully admit that too. And the reason why is because you're talking about a solid truck. It's almost military grade in terms of off-road capability, and it's still fairly comfortable to drive. But Ford did something, specifically Ford, that I really liked. They built a truck that is nearly as capable off-road, yet can tow really, really well. And it gives you the option of having a diesel engine. And that is something that Dodge has, or Ram has dropped the ball on for years and years. We all agree that they should have a diesel option for the power wagon, and they don't. As for the Chevrolet uh, GMC, really, really good truck, but there are some issues off-road. And we've done some videos where you guys can clearly see how different they are off-road with their performance. So, you know, they all have their, their positives. I still think that the Power Wagon off-road is number one, but when you combine everything together, it's a different story. Roman, what's your take? You know, I drove that GMC to Moab on the highway, and I loved it. Uh, and then once I got off-road in Moab, not so much. I mean, it feels like that truck was uh, first and foremost designed as a heavy-duty tow, tow rig, and then they decided, well, let's throw on the off-road gear, throw on the goodies, and make it off-road worthy. But, uh, man, it beats you up off-road. Uh, Mr. Truck. Well, the Tremor won the crawl contest <laughs> with that limit slip front end from Dana. But, you know, the, uh, I agree with Steve when I watched his Moab video. I uh, thought that the Power Wagon had better ride, and I agree with that. I think the Power Wagon is, a, is an easier daily driver. Uh, and then, of course, the RTI was better for them, too, with the, you know, your, your, uh, your articulation, even though the, the front anti-sway bar doesn't always work. But uh, I've learned something about that GA rear end on these General Motors trucks and on this GMC is – like you saw in the Moab video, it started it had to slip for a while before it engaged the other side of the rear axle. Yeah. And I, I'm out here in the desert, out here in the sand with all the sagebrush, and I've had all three trucks stuck trying to haul rock in here so that we have a platform to drive on with these big trucks and trailers. And all three trucks got stuck pulling a load trailer, and we got them all out easily. The Chevy got it was actually to GMC I've got this week. It got stuck the worst because it the one spill was spinning, lowering itself into the sand before the other one kicked in. It was the hardest one to get out of the hole. I, I wish they would put a button on it and make it lock like the rest of them. But, yeah, that's uh, it's an interesting segment. Now there's more competition in there. Me and Ram owned that for such a long time, and now Ford decided to jump in. We'll see if, if someday General Motors makes a really good off-road heavy-duty, but I don't see it coming. But, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's the, new, the new market now is that heavy-duty off-road truck. Yeah, so right before we vote, um, I wanted to share some more data. Um, we did the RTI ramp, like you guys said. Um, 84 GMC scored 324 points out of 1,000. Tremor Ford Diesel scored 366, so a little bit better, about 40 points more. And Power Wagon scored 426 points, once again, better yet. 
um, yeah. on that scale. And, um, and these are the numbers we got in the real world. Yes, you can look up those numbers in spec sheets, and they can be different from what I, I just kind of mentioned, but this is the real world. You know, we use the ramps that are available to us and all the tools we have. Um, and then on the way to Moab, we did an MPG run, and the GMC actually did the best. Uh, on Layton on the highway, it got 19.8 miles per gallon with a diesel and the new 10-speed Allison branded transmission. That was really good. The Tremor diesel got 19.2, and the Power Wagon, not a diesel, doesn't have one, uh, 14.5, but still for a big truck, that was good. So let's vote on this, um, and we'll go once again in clockwise order here. So Nathan, if you could um, submit your vote. It's painful. It's painful because I'm going to say Ford. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. Because at the end of the day, Ford has done something that once again, Ram refuses to do. They've introduced a diesel. And look, 19 gallons or miles per gallon on the highway, that matters when you're able to tow and at the same time actually reach where you need to go as opposed to 14 miles per gallon. We all know that Ram builds really good diesels as well. So I don't know. I just I'm not I'm not seeing an, an attempt at advancing their cause. They're sort of sitting there and they're not going where they need to go. Otherwise, the vehicle is brilliant. But I think the Ford Tremor is for packaging and for driving purposes altogether the better truck. Alrighty, uh, Stephen. This is a tough decision. Um, and you know what, Nathan, I appreciate what you say about Ford bringing in the diesel. And I do think that's cool. However, having driven them back to back, I'm still getting the tremor with the gas. No way I'm getting the diesel over the gas. And because of that, now you might think I'd go tremor, but no, I'm voting for the power wagon. I got to stick with the power wagon. It's the classic. It's so good in this segment. Uh, it's huge, but it's just ridiculous the things that it can do. So yeah, I'm, I'm still stuck on the Ram. R Roman. You know, that's a, I, I can see both a Steve's and Nathan's point of view. Um, so I'm going to go um, by tire size. And I'm so sick of those power wagon, little itty bitty tiny <laughs> wheels. For God's sake, guys, throw on some 35s. It looks so silly. How can you get any smaller on a big truck like that? It, it's just mind boggling. For that reason, I'm going with the Tremor. Gotcha. Uh, Mr. Truck. Well, I think the Tremor did a lot of right things, and I think it's going to be an easier truck to market, and it's going to take a lot of market share. So for that, I really like it. But no, no, you can't beat that wagon that's really powerful. Yeah, that whole, that's the all-around truck that does it all. Andre, it all, it's on you, dude. Oh, oh wow. Okay, so um, I, I wrote my um, vote before, you know, before we started, and this is, this is insane. Um, I wrote down PW. Um, power wagon. Right on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, so <laughs> here, here's where I am. Uh, I drove um, the Tremor, the diesel truck in Moab and to Moab. And then I jumped in the power wagon just for a few minutes. And the diesel Tremor is very capable. I give it that. Um, but it was just stiff. It was kind of, kind of hard riding. Steven, um, you, you said the gas Tremor is better. I agree. So the gas power truck is a little bit you know, a little bit softer, a little bit more forgiving off-road. Um, but the power wagon is just kind of, you know, it's focused on off-roading. And Roman, I, I think I can uh, get a bigger tire 
for it. And I'm, I, you know, hey, we're, we're, hey, how do, what are we voting on, Andre? The way it comes from the factory or the way that you modify? Come on, don't give me that. It's the way it comes from the factory, okay. not the way you could. Yeah, sure, you could put a 37 on there, but for God's sakes. You know, I've heard so many excuses from uh, FCA about why there's no diesel. And, right. You know, and it's it's just, it's, I'm tired of it, you know. It doesn't fit. People don't want it. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. You know, Ford did it. It's time for these guys to step up. And that's, you know, I'm with Nathan on that one. It's time for FCA and Brand to step up and actually, you know, offer a diesel and actually put on some, you know, like at least 35s. Well, I think what we could take away from this is, yes, Power Wagon won, but now they have some serious competition. And if Ford can refine what they have a little bit, I have a feeling the voting will be very different next year or the year after. Yes, that's true. And I think that 7.3 gas is going to be what leads the way on that trimmer. That's what they're going to be buying. It's a great engine. Yeah, really. Let's, um, finally, um, and this is probably the most coveted uh, gold hitch, this is the heavy-duty diesel uh, towing trucks competition. And it's primarily dualies because dualies have the highest capacities, highest towing ratings. Um, and we have, once again, renewed competition here because both Ford and GM and uh, Ram, uh, they both have you know, either higher power numbers or new transmissions. Um, and we took them all on the iGauntlet World Toughest Towing Test with 30,000 pounds. And it was Mr. Truck and I. Um, and um, so I just wanted to give you some numbers, right, before we kind of, uh, vote and, and and talk about the the big diesels. So on the on the Ike, uh, once again, same trailer. Uh, we had a Caterpillar um, excavator on, on there, and the GMC 30, uh, 3500 uh, Dually Duramax 10 speed um, had nine brake applications on the way down the mountain. It climbed the, the hill, which is once again eight miles up to 11,000 uh, feet above sea level, 11 minutes and 47 seconds, and it registered 2.4 miles per gallon just on that upward climb. Uh, Ram, and this is the controversy of the year, uh, did zero brake applications from the driver, which was Mr. Truck, because he has a CDL, commercial driver's license. Um, and, uh, but we were using their latest, um, a uh, 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 cruise control system. We also use the cruise control system in all three trucks, and we'll get to that in a second. Uh, REM went up the mountain 11 minutes, 32 seconds, so about, what, 15 seconds quicker than the GMC, and 2.5 MPG it registered, which was about, you know, 0.1 better. And the Ford F350, once again, the latest power stroke, now the most powerful on paper, right, 475 horsepower, 1,050 pound-feet of torque, 10-speed automatic, had five brake applications, even after using cruise control, 10 minutes and 20 seconds on the way up the mountain. So it was a minute and 10 seconds, approximately quicker than any other truck, and 2.4 MPG, which is about the same. That's a lot of numbers, guys. Um, so, Mr. Truck, can you kind of um, mention a little bit more about how we tested it and some of your uh, uh, opinions from that run. Yeah, that was the biggest trailer we've ever used on an Ike. And <laughs> yeah, the heaviest weight, we've been 29,000 horse trailer. This is 30,000 and a hot shot trailer, 40 feet. We did all that in snowstorms with all three trucks. So it was interesting keeping it on the road. And it, uh, you know, it was a really good test. And, I, and you gotta correct me if I'm wrong, Andre, but I thought, 
I know the Ram had uh, the, the uh, what's the cruise control that's automatic that keeps you well, away. Adaptive. Adaptive. Yeah. But I didn't remember if the Ford or the Chevy had adaptive cruise control. They had a regular cruise. So but Ford has several versions. Uh, the way they do it is some of the higher-end trims, even above King Ranch, has their latest um, adaptive cruise control. Um, some of the lower trims do not. Um, and the adaptive cruise control, actually, um, there's several versions of it. So it's kind of a little bit complicated in, the, in how they approach this. Uh, General Motors at the time did not have an adaptive cruise control feature. And we tested it, what, a couple months ago, several months ago. Um, and, but it still had cruise control. And when we talk about cruise control in big trucks, it's supposed to also help you on the way down because it's supposed to use the transmission and the exhaust brake and the trailer brakes all together to help you come down the mountain. Um, and of course, Ram had that adaptive system, um, even though it was a Laramie, and it performed the best. Yeah, it did. It was. It didn't. We didn't touch any. You just steered the darn thing. It was about the easiest thing to drive with the trailer of the three. But I remember Jim just came out with that years ago with the Allison. They came to go coast to coast with the cruise control. I never do anything. So apparently that's changed a bit. And Ford, you know, we did the launch with those four fifties and midnight runs, and it had adaptive cruise control and it worked really well. They were the first ones to actually break the trailer, so it didn't just do the truck. And Ram did all that. It did it very very well, and it was very impressive. So, you know, you got kudos for that. And it's, it's got to go with air systems, so that doesn't squat. So, like we talked about in some of those videos, you got to be careful because you can be overloaded on the tongue and not know it. But, two, the only thing squats on is maybe a little bit of the tire pushing down. So, you don't have to worry about changing your height or your headlights going in the air like you do on some of these because the rest of them all, I think, squatted like four inches, the Ford and the GMC. Mm -hmm. So, that was a little bit different. But, uh and the ride, you know, it, it, for some reason, something happened to Chevy. They used to be the softest riding truck. And I looked at the suspension on the GMC in my yard now, and it's got a lot of sleeves. That's what Ram always had, a lot of leaf springs. But it was the roughest riding of the three. And, and I think Ford was just a hair bit better than Ram, which surprised me because Ram had the air ride. But, uh, and I was really impressed with the Ram that it had 3,000-pound more capacity in a popular truck. You know, sure, they get these great big towing numbers on something that's a, a two-wheel drive single cab, but when you can get a, a popular truck that everybody buys and get over 30000 which all three of them do, and Ram beat it by like 3000 over the other two. So that was wonderful. But the Ram also had the worst fuel mileage, had the best DEF fuel mileage, if that's a big thing. But, you know, the uh, – um, let's see, the Ford – so it was let me, the fastest one up the hill too, which was what helped it out a lot in the scoring that we did. Well, go ahead, Andre. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, give a couple more numbers on the fuel efficiency on a flat highway. Um, and it was 6 MPG for the Ram, 6.9 MPG for the GMC, and 7.8 for the Ford. Same exactly. trailer, flat highway. Big spread there, yeah. So Ford beat the, the GM by almost one, which in, in, in the world of trucking, that, that's a lot. When you get 10% or whatever it is, or a little more than that. But the, uh, the fuel tanks was interesting, too. I lose that Ford did have a 48-gallon tank like most of those eight-footers do on Ford. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. Okay, then the GM had 36, which is respectable for GM. But Ram only had was a 31-gallon tank. Now they've got an optional 50-gallon tank. What in the world would you do with 31 gallons? You barely get out of Colorado. So I don't understand that exactly, but they, they really needed that 50-gallon tank, and I was glad to see that. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that, uh, you know, that was the difference is, is that adaptive cruise control really pushed Ram up there. But 
I think Ford's acceleration up the hill is kind of kind of one of the deciding factors for me. We all like power, and you know, Ram did well with the, with its old six speed. You know, the other two had ten speed. So it was it was an interesting run how they all attack the same problem with you know towing these big trailers safely. And you know, I felt confident in all three of them. But the way that Ram you, going downhill, you didn't do anything. That was so cool. Anybody could jump in that truck and drive it. But you can't. You have to have a CDL. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so Roman, uh, Stephen, and Nathan, Roman, uh, listening to all this data and the performance on the mountain and efficiency, uh, what are some of your takes? Uh, you know, I'll, I'll just cut to the chase again. Um, it's, I'm going to use an analogy that I think that Nathan will appreciate. Hey, Nathan, what are some of your favorite Japanese monsters, you know, in, in the monster movies? Uh, well, obviously, um, Gamera, he's one of yeah. my favorites, Big Turtle, yeah, and then Mothra. Uh, yeah, Mothra, of course, right? Well, yeah, Mothra is kind of the uh, Andre of, of monsters. What? But if, 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 I use, if I use that analogy for the trucks, right, there is only, and I'm going to give you my vote right now, there's only one Godzilla. And in this segment, Godzilla is the Ford uh, Super Duty. Uh, there can be no doubt, in my mind at least, that, you know, there are a lot of great monsters out there. They they're, they're all have their pluses and minuses, but there is only one Godzilla. Right? There's only one that has the most torque. There's only one that, you know, rocked it up the icon, but the fastest. Uh, and in this case, uh, in this segment, it's got to be the Ford guys. That's, you know, that's, that, that's what I came away with, having actually driven all three. So, uh, you know, congratulations, at least from my end, to Ford uh, for, you know, just uh, flaming <laughs> everybody in this segment. I thought the Godzilla, um, was, your the case? Godzilla was the diesel. Um, yes. I, I know it's confusing because Godzilla is a seven point three. Don't get confused, Ken. It's it's, okay. it's just an analogy that's Rome, that Roman's using right now, and he's confined. Okay, I don't know Japanese toys. I guess. You know who Godzilla is. Come on. I've heard something. I had a ram named Godzilla. In the 50s, they had a Godzilla movie. All right. Um, if I may. Um, hey, hey, hold on, Nathan. Uh, okay. Kent, it's like Popeye. You know, Popeye with, with the spinach and the big muscles. Yeah, the spinach. And his little pop, what is his wife's name? Some weird thing. The guy ate all the hamburgers. What was his name? I, that's all I remember. Wimpy. Yeah, that's Wimpy. not. Uh, yeah. All right, sorry, Nathan. No, no, no. That's, that's, that's quite all right. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm there with Roman. You know, the bottom line is that we all like having that extra power and extra refinement. The bottom line is that also we're talking about a vehicle that uphill is as efficient as the other ones, and then on a flat surface is way more efficient. I mean, that's a big number difference. Being a minute up the hill faster, that is incredible. I mean, that is serious numbers. I mean, a lot of you guys out there haven't been up this hill, but if you have, you know that it's steep as bloody hell, and it's hard. So... I'm really impressed with those numbers. Really hard to beat. So I'm hearing a vote for Ford from you, Nathan. Yeah, I didn't know we were voting yet, but that's pretty much what it's going to be. Okay, so Roman Ford, Nathan Ford, uh, Steve? Yeah. Well, I guess the only thing I really want to add is, you know, based on your numbers, it's everything I've ever felt in the Ram. Um, the diesel, the engine braking in the Ram just feels so good. I've always really felt that about the Rams compared to the other ones. Uh, so that sort of backs up your theory going down the mountain. But 
then I'm just going to pile on, guys. It's, it's the, the Super Duty. It's so good. The gas engine, I know we're talking diesels and heavy towing, but that 7.3 Godzilla is such an impressive gas engine package as well. Um, and then actually the technology too, right? Like they added the pro trailer backup assist into the heavy, the Super Duties. Uh, you know, Ford is, you know, not sleeping. They're never sleeping on these trucks that are out there doing hard work. They're really paying attention. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's got to be Super Duty. Uh, Mr. Truck. Oh, I should say. <laughs> well, it's interesting is, you know, one, another thing I want to bring up right quick, since you haven't shut me off yet for talking too much, is I'm the, about exhaust, to. the exhaust brakes have that auto exhaust brake and the full exhaust brake. And we've learned if you put it in full exhaust brake, it'll slow you down to nothing. And the auto will work with the cruise control and some of these other things, the auto brake. And it's actually a neat thing. I didn't think much of it when Ram first created it, but now I understand it. And I think it works well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's all about, like what Nathan said, the speed, and, you know, it, it's just, you got all the horsepower and torque, and, and you know, you can't beat the Ford in this category this year, so I'm glad to see all that happen. You know, it's got the biggest twin numbers and all that, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it felt really well going up the hill. I like the power, like, you know, it, it's when you're in a passing lane or you're trying to get away from a semi, you okay. want to be able to... You're cut off. You're, you're oh, cut off. No. Okay, I'll shut it. It's Ford! Ford! <laughs> Ford, that shuts me off. Okay, uh, really, really quick. Uh, I also vote for Ford, so it's unanimous. Um, I, I, I like Cummins. I, I like their six-speed transmission. Um, it didn't have the numbers in our testing, uh, although the braking was really great. I had really high hopes for General Motors with a new 10-speed and how it was going to match against that Duramax, the big V8 that they have. But you know, the performance, the acceleration, and some of the times weren't there. So Ford just ran away with it. They updated their power stroke. It's, they call it the third generation, most power, but it's also efficient. So it blew my mind. So Ford, Roman, Ford wins uh, the dually heavy towing. Thank you. <laughs> you know, and the, I, I, I think there's one other story here that we, we should close this up, up on, and that is just how far GM has come with their Duramax, right? Uh, if, if there was a most improved, it definitely would have to go to the Duramax, because for a long time, Ford and Cummins, uh, you know, Super Duty and Cummins were kind of neck and neck at 30,000 pounds of uh, total weight, and GM was down there at 24,000 pounds. And then over the last several years, they've really stepped it up, and they've really – uh, you know, decided that they wanted to go and, uh, you know, slug it out with the other two brands. And so it's great to see this much, this much competition uh, in this segment because it's just, you know, good for all truck buyers at the end of the day. That's very true, Roman. They finally picked it up and joined the crowd. I, I agree with you 100%. Yep. And guys, next year, so this is 2020, right? We're, we're wrapped it up. 2021 is going to be very exciting. Uh, and uh, we already hinted at this. Uh, the big SUVs is going to be a big segment, Tahoe, Suburban, Yukon, uh, the big Yukon XL, Cadillac Escalade, and some of the updates um, from, from others. Yep. Um, and also half-ton trucks are going to be huge because um, the um, F-150 is going to be basically fully redesigned. Well, not quite fully redesigned, it looks like, but heavily updated. And some of the other trucks, I think, will follow suit with some updates as well. So that's going to be huge. Yeah, there's a big contest this year. Big. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us. And uh, I look forward to more towing, more off-roading. And whenever that TRX comes out, you know, the big Ram, uh, I'm sure we're going to be testing the heck out of it. All right, hold on, Nathan. What did you call us all? So we got Mr. Tow, right? 
I take it I'm Mr. Hare. Right. Mr. Okay. Hare. Okay. Mr. Truck. Yeah. Mr. Adorable. Yeah. What are you? I'm badass. <laughs> yeah, he's the bad. Yeah, this is Hollywood Squares, man. <laughs> mustache. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what else am I gonna call myself? Come on. All right, uh, I'm signing off. I'm Bullseye. Yes, he's the brain. See you guys next time, ciao. All right, See you guys. Thanks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.